welcome to the Art of Erotic Spanking podcast series. I'm Charlotte. I'm Chris. And we are the Pleasure Mechanics. In this podcast, we're going to explore in depth the art of erotic spanking. We believe spanking can be a hot and fulfilling part of a healthy sex life, or it can be an erotic disaster if you don't have the right skills. We share expert advice and strategies so you can successfully explore the pleasures of erotic spanking with your lover. If you want to master the techniques of erotic spanking, check out our stroke-by-stroke video, The Pleasure Mechanic's Guide to Erotic Spanking. You'll discover everything you need to know to make erotic spanking a hot part of your sex life. You can find the video at pleasuremechanics.com. In this episode, we are going to be tackling the very essential topic of communication. How to communicate with your lover before, during, and after a spanking for maximum pleasure. Communication is one of those things we hear a lot about. You know, communication is the most important part of a relationship, all of the therapists say. And it is true, but what does it actually mean to communicate? We're going to provide you with very specific and useful strategies so you can communicate effectively and efficiently with your lover to maximize your erotic experience. Yeehaw! (laughs) So let's get started. We want to talk about communication before, during, and after a spanking. So let's start at the very beginning. Let's talk about communicating before a spanking. We've covered a lot of this in previous podcasts. When we talked about things like how to get specific about what kind of spanking you want and how to share your desire with your lover. And that's what communicating before a spanking is all about. It's about getting on the same page with your lover and getting specific about what kind of erotic experience you're trying to create together. So in a few of the previous podcasts, as Chris was saying, we talked a lot about setting intentions and boundaries, determining the rules, roles, and goals of your sexual experience together. So if that doesn't sound familiar, please go back and listen to those. It'll be really useful information to have conversations about with your lover. And this is something that you want to go over way before your session. So most probably a week, a couple days before and until you're very seasoned and then you might be able to do it more spontaneously. But at the beginning, it's great to really be intentional about the kind of experience you want to create for each other. And it's nice to talk about it ahead of time so it can feel more spontaneous in the moment, even if when it's not. You know, sometimes it's hard, like if you are on a Friday night date night to then be like, all right, I want this, this, and this, and I want this kind of spanking, and then now let's go. It kind of feels better if you talk about it ahead of time, set your goals, let it marinate for a few days, and then have an agreement that you'll check in if anything changes. So for example, if you're anticipating a really hot, dominant, rough spanking scene, and then on Saturday you come down with a bit of a cold and actually want to be massaged and held and pampered, you can check in about that. But if you're still up for the rough dominant spanking you've requested, you can kind of go into the evening feeling a little bit more spontaneous and natural and then communicate during to kind of fine tune your experience. But you have the basic parameters set ahead of time. And this lets you both just kind of get in the mood and anticipate it. And as we know, anticipation is amazing foreplay. 
when you can kind of fantasize about your scene all throughout the week and think about what you might like to do to your lover and visualize it, it helps your body actually get in the mood and get ready for the experience. So you're starting foreplay way ahead of time. And communicating with each other, leaving notes you're exciting, sending texts, any of those sorts of things to light each other's fire about it a little bit. And remember, as you're planning out your spanking games and you're having these conversations, make sure you have your partner's full attention in the conversations. These are the kind of conversations that you want to have on dates or in the bedroom, you know, as we said, days before when you're going to do it or in nice long walks with each other. Some of you will be able to have good intimate conversations in the car, but don't bring these subjects up while you're doing dishes or while, while one of you or both of you don't have your full attention on the conversation. You want to set yourselves up to be really with each other and connected in these conversations. Yes, this is not the time for a misunderstanding. So ahead of time, you want to set your erotic intentions, set your goals, talk about what kind of erotic spanking experience you want, set aside a time to do it, make sure that you've cleared your schedule. If you have kids that either they're out of the house or you're out of the house or you're in a soundproof room that no one has. Um, <laughs> or they're at somebody else's house. Right. They are being babysat elsewhere. Get the conditions optimized so you can relax and fully experience your time together. And then right before you start, you might want to do a little check-in, you know, is everything we talked about this week still good to go? Are you feeling like you want to add anything or subtract anything? You know, it can be nice just to get intimate with each other, do some kissing, look at each other deep in the eyes and feel one another's presence. And then you can transition into whatever erotic energies and erotic roles you've agreed upon. And that might mean leaving the room. We talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast, but sometimes it's nice to create a very deliberate opening for your erotic game together. And this will depend on the erotic energy you're playing with, but it can be nice to have an entrance. And that can be a seductive entrance, it can be a playful entrance, it can be a rough and dominant entrance. If you're doing kind of more role-playing games, maybe one of you gets in bed and pretends to be asleep and the other one comes in like a burglar. Who knows? And create a deliberate opening so you can kind of step into the roles together and transport one another into your erotic journey together. The other piece to negotiate ahead of time is safe words. Safe words come to us from the BDSM community where they use specific code words to mean slow down or stop. And the essential piece to know about safe words is that by selecting an agreed upon term ahead of time that gives you the ability to use, oh no, stop, how could you, in a playful way, without actually meaning no. And so what the BDSM community does is it swaps out no with something like red. And when you say red, that flags to your lover that you need to stop right away and check in and you know, you're breaking scene for a moment, you're breaking out of your roles together to have a check-in. And go back to being your regular selves. Right, exactly. You're taking a time out from your game. And then you can choose to go back into it or not. And so the terms green, yellow, and red are kind of universally understood. Red means stop completely, yellow means slow down a bit, green means go ahead. 
And that's a really good beginner's safe word because we all know what it means. We all have a mental association of red means stop. And so it's easy to remember. You can also use words like elephant or cucumber or mushrooms or <laughs> apparently we like food <laughs> and elephants. But um, you can use whatever words you want. You just have to have an agreed upon word and what it means. And it's useful to have a slow down versus stop. And so if I'm spanking someone intensely and want to check in, I can say green, yellow, or red. And then if they say green, I know I'm good to go. If they say yellow, I know I need to maybe hold back a little bit. Um, and as the receiver of a spanking, you have these words in your head that you know are there, and it's kind of a safety term that you can stop the action at any point. And that allows you to submit more fully and go deeper into your role of surrender um, and whatever that looks like for you. So as I said, it'll freeze up the words no, which can actually be very erotic words. And I know we're kind of skirting on the edge here of like talking about rape fantasy and ravishment, but being able to struggle against your spanking is something that some people find really hot and be able to kick and scream and being like, no, stop. How could you? I don't deserve this. Like, oh, why would you do this to me? It can be a really fun energy to play with if you know that no doesn't mean no for this agreed upon time frame, And then if you really actually do wanna stop, you can say red. So think about using a safe word. And some couples do this every time they play and they have an agreed upon safe word that's kind of their universal language. And other couples do this only when they know they want to play with scenes where they might wanna struggle and use the words no and kind of complicate that power dynamic. It's just a tool to be aware of and think about if it means that you'll be able to play with more power exchange in a safe way. In all these conversations, we are clearly just talking about consensual erotic games for pleasure. Between two adults. Yes, I think that's all obvious, but just to restate that. Beautiful. So let's turn our attention to communication during a spanking. And this is where it can get a little bit tricky because as we've talked about before, you're literally going into an altered state. You can get high on spanking and communicating while you're in that state of erotic trance can be kind of tricky. So thinking about communication ahead of time will maybe prepare you to communicate better during the spanking. So here are a few pointers on that. Some people, when they get into these states, get very nonverbal. And so if you know that about yourself, or if you're just starting out and are not sure, a good way to deal with that is to have a nonverbal cue that can communicate if you are ready to stop. If you think that you might go nonverbal in your state of pleasure, one good system to use is to hold onto a scarf or a ball or something light that when you drop it means please stop. That is your red. And of course the giver will have to be paying attention for that, but it's a good way of communicating without using words that you are ready to be done. Another option is to determine ahead of time a hand motion that communicates slow down or stop. Traditional ones can be if you're helping like a car back into a parking spot, you know, it's that kind of come, come, come hither is like keep going faster and then you know putting your palm forward is like a slow down or a stop and you'll have to figure this out together and determine ahead of time what feels good to you. I think these kinds of hand signals can be really useful when you're kind of deep in an erotic trance you don't really want to use your voice but you want to communicate 
And it can also be as simple as putting your hands over your butt as the receiver and kind of covering yourself for a few moments if you need a break and then taking your hands away when you're ready to get started again. And as a couple, you'll figure out these forms of communication as you go. And so start your exploration slowly, as we've been saying, and practice a few different forms to see what feels best to you as individuals. We all inhabit our erotic bodies in different ways. And some people can be highly orgasmic and in a totally tranced out state and give very specific verbal instructions. Other people could not know their own name for all it's worth. You know, it's like we all have different capacities and so you'll figure out how it's easiest for you to communicate and stick with what works for you. It's also important to remember that during a spanking, the receiver's body is communicating a great deal without saying a word. And so how they're breathing, the sounds they're making, how they're moving their body, all of these things communicate about how the spanking is being received. And so as the receiver, the more you can express with your body, the better. And as the giver, the more you can pay attention to your receiver's body, the more you'll be able to figure out how different kinds of spanks feel to them. And that's really the trick here is matching your experience as a giver to the experience of the receiver and figuring out, okay, when I spank this way with a cupped hand with medium intensity, she is moaning and loving it. But if I spank this way with a flat hand over on the side of the butt, it stings a little too much and she clenches and holds her breath and maybe she doesn't like that as much. And so as you kind of pair your experiences and figure out how to read one another's body language, you'll get better and better at spanking and be able to take each other on more and more fabulous erotic journeys. And that's what it's all about. You're building a new skill together and never underestimate that. No one steps onto a basketball court for the first time and expects to be Michael Jordan. So don't expect to be fabulous at this right away. It's a new skill you're building together and that's an awesome, fabulous thing in and of itself and good for your relationship. And give each other some patience and respect as you go through that process. Yeah, that is absolutely true that you wanna just be gentle and communicate with each other and have fun exploring as you're learning. Another fantastic tool to use as you're getting to know one another's body is a scale from one to 10. So it's great for the giver to check in at certain points and ask, where are you on the scale? One being super gentle, 10 being that's as much as I can take. Just so that you can begin to pair how much your lover can take, because it's hard to know. In that moment too, right? Because that can change time to time. So one day you might give them a really intense spanking and they love it. And the next time it's feeling too much, even if you're at 50% of what you did last time. And to avoid that confusion, you can start checking in, you know, as you're giving more intense blows. Where are you at is a great question. On a scale of one to 10, how hard was that? And you might be thinking they're at an eight and they're like, yeah, three, I'm good to go. Give it to me, baby. Or you might be like, yeah, this is actually pretty moderate. And they say nine and you're like, okay, I'm going to stay here for a while. Yeah, it's such a valuable system to use and to communicate with one another. And the receiver really has to be honest. We really encourage you to be honest. There is so much ego that can come up about this, right? Like the piece of us that wants to please people, the piece that wants to be tough so that we are impressive. Like we have all these like 
internal things that sometimes can rear their heads. So we really encourage you, even though it feels hard sometimes, to try and truly be honest with how you're feeling and not feel pressure to have to perform in a specific kind of way. The more authentic you can be, the more your lover can really meet you where, you, where you're at and give you a way better experience, which will ultimately be more pleasurable for them as well as you. Right. Remember that the giver is in it for the receiver's pleasure. It's a pleasurable thing for both of you or neither of you. And I've can tell you I've been there on the giving end. It's not very fun as a giver when you're really putting your focus and attention into giving your lover a good experience and then you find out later that they weren't honest and it actually quite hurt. That can feel like a real emotional betrayal and it feels like you've kind of wasted your energy and you've kind of been swindled a little bit because I think it's also important to remember that giving is just as vulnerable as receiving. To step into the role of being a little bit dominant, to be the giver, and to risk the emotional fallout of hurting your lover in order to give them what they want is quite vulnerable. And so this depends on honesty from both parties. And givers have boundaries too. I've had lovers who wanted spankings way beyond what I felt comfortable giving. Like they wanted an intensity I just could not find in myself to give. And I had to be honest about that and say, you know, this is my limit. This is what I'm willing to do. So we need to respect both the giver and the receiver and their boundaries. And you need to find that place where you're both feeling authentic and real and going on a pleasurable journey together. This isn't about being uncomfortable for either person. Most things to do with touch are either pleasurable for both people or not at all. You said that, but I just want to emphasize that. Yes. This is true in massage and this is true in spanking. My massage teacher used to say, there are no martyrs in massage. And that was a really important lesson to learn in massage therapy training that you can't be out of breath and exerting yourself and all stressed out while trying to get someone else to relax. The key is learning how to stay relaxed yourself and have good body alignment and pay attention to your own body so you can invite your recipient into a state of relaxation. And this is equally true with sex and pleasure. There are no martyrs in pleasure. It doesn't help if you're like out of your comfort level and freaking out, like that's not gonna feel good to your receiver. So both or neither is what we say. Either you're both experiencing it or neither is. And this is a great guideline because you can actually sometimes like notice when your partner is starting to get a little uncomfortable because you start getting a little uncomfortable. And by staying really tuned into what you're feeling, you create that kind of unspoken language between you and can start adjusting before they even ask for an adjustment. And that is really beautiful and is a great alchemy between the two of you and you can kind of stay in the pleasure zone together. And this is a really important point to remember, not just around the spanking, but also around your physical comfort in receiving the spanking right. or in giving. You can ask at any point, be like, I'm loving the spanking, but my knees are getting sore. Can right. I just please readjust? You know, so just like feel free to think of the whole experience. As, it's not fragile. You always, Chris always says this. It's not fragile. It's not going to break. You need to feel free to adjust for comfort. And that goes for both of you. Like 
oh honey you look really sexy across my lap but my legs are starting to fall asleep let's get in a different position like be real with each other even if you're exploring different erotic roles dare to be real and be authentic yeah or if one arm is getting tired like I love you as you are. Can you turn around the other way so I can use my other hand? You know, it's like, and these are things that sometimes we do push through. We try and like, no, we have to keep going. No, feel free to adjust and get comfortable. The more comfortable you are, the more pleasure you each will feel. And export this lesson to the rest of your sex life. We've talked to so many people who are like, you know, when they're going down on their partner, for example, their jaw is starting to hurt, they're sweating, they're feeling totally stressed out. And they're like, why isn't my lover coming? Well, it's like you're stressed out between their legs and they're going to feel that and then feel worried that they're taking too long and da da da. And how different would that moment be if you just kissed their thigh and were like, darling, you taste great to me, I just need a little break. And like, be real in that moment and take care of your own needs and then go back to it when you're ready again. And that feels so much better than anyone suffering to give you pleasure. It just doesn't work. It is such a great idea to agree with each other, you can even shake hands on it, that you are both gonna take care of your own comfort and you're gonna speak up if you wanna make an adjustment so both of you can relax and not worry about the other person going out of their way and getting uncomfortable for you. Right. Right? This is such an important thing that people do not do. So I really encourage you to have that agreement between you, as Chris said, in all of your sex life, but especially in spanking. There's so much more to say about I know. this. We'll have to, we'll, we'll talk more in our other podcast. Speaking of sex, if you haven't checked that out yet, we do an entire podcast where we answer people's questions about any subject to do with sex. There are no taboos. Um, and we talk about all sorts of fabulous things and we love it. So speaking of sex, check it out. You'll find it on our website up at the top. It says podcast or go to the iTunes store and search speaking of sex with the pleasure mechanics and you will find it. Moving on. So I think during the spanking, there's lots to pay attention to. Again, we encourage you to build up these skills slowly over time, but remember that the body communicates a lot. And so things you want to pay attention to, some signs that your spanking is feeling good is that your recipient has nice deep breath. They move their hips and pelvis towards you rather than away from you and they make beautiful, moaning, pleasurable sounds. If you start noticing, on the other hand, that your recipient's breath is being constricted or that they're clenching their butt cheeks in anticipation of a spank, like if you're ready to deliver a spank in one of your beautiful rhythmic series that you've learned from the video, and just before the spank, they kind of pull away and move their butt away, That probably means that they are in a little bit of overwhelm and you want to slow down or check in. So pay attention to the physical signs of pleasure or distress and it'll go a long way towards communication during the spanking. So then we're going to move into what you want to communicate about in the aftercare part of your spanking. This is also a really important stage and it can look all sorts of different ways. But what you want to make sure of is that your partner is getting what they need. In the immediate moments after a spanking, after you've hit a climax and you're starting to come back down. Which is something that we talk about again in the video guide. You might want to give your lover some space and they might just want to kind of marinate in their experience and not talk about it and just kind of be left alone for a few minutes. Or they might want to be gathered up in your arms and cuddled. 
or you might want to transition into sex. All of these are great options and sometimes you can think about it ahead of time like if you know yourself well and you think you know maybe just give me a few moments on my own and then I'll come and cuddle you when I'm ready but most of the time you have to feel out the energy in the moment and I think what's important to keep in mind is don't be overbearing on the recipient and kind of ask too much of them because you need to honor the fact that they're altered all of those endorphins we talked about are rushing through their body. They may be processing some emotions. So you want to kind of let them lead the way. And one of the things I like to recommend is that you say, take all the time you need. I'm here for you when you want. And that kind of allows them to stay in their state as long as they want, but know that you're there and ready to support them and cuddle them or make love to them. Right. And in that you can also just say, let me know what you need. I'm here for you. I think the key here is not being overbearing, not burdening them with, you know, a kind of barrage of attention after they're in their tender afterglow state. Um, and if you're going to transition to sex, that might happen right away. Like you might get them really feisty and go into a big climax and then they might be ready to get fucked right away or to fuck you. Um, or you might want to kind of simmer down, have some water and then come back to each other and build up the energy again. So all of these are different options. You'll figure it out depending on kind of the erotic energy you're playing with and what your individual needs are. And that's aftercare. That's right in the immediate moment. And what we do recommend is that you don't have conversations about the spanking right away, but you do have conversations about the spanking sooner rather than later. So a few hours later or the next day, here are some great questions to ask your lover. What was your favorite part of the spanking? So start on the positive. What were your favorite parts? What worked for you? What really turned you on? And kind of go through the spanking and you can name specific things that you liked. And that way you know that they worked and try them again next time. Another question I love, one of my favorite questions in the erotic communication arena is what could have made it even better? Because this forces you to have a conversation about pushing it further. What could make it even better? What could give you more pleasure? And it's a really gentle way of opening up the conversation for constructive feedback where people can make requests like, what would have made it even better is if you had been even rougher with me and pulled my hair even harder. It felt like you were a little tentative. Or what would have made it even better is if you had kissed me more and really used your mouth to kiss me up and down my back. That would have felt really lovely. And this is a great way to hear constructive feedback without it being framed in the negative. It's kind of like on our next vacation, we're going to go to the beach more, not fucking we didn't spend any time at the beach and that sucked right it's like framing it in positive instead of a negative which is a lot easier to hear and signifies to both of you that you're on the same team building an erotic experience together and it doesn't assign blame it's just like look, we're going to keep making this better and better because that's our investment is mutual pleasure beautiful and then if you were feeling up for it it can also be great to ask was there anything that you didn't like or that you wouldn't like to try again, or or did anything feel too much? 
you have to be ready for the answers and be okay with hearing them and have some resilience and you're really building your skills and so you just want to learn about how to get better and that is going to serve your partner in the long run but also know that as you're building a new skill set that mistakes do happen it's not going to be perfect all the time there will be things that feel like a mess up or don't feel right to each of you or together or that you thought was great and then they didn't and it is all part of the learning and you really have to cultivate and develop the resilience to hear feedback. It's not a problem to learn and grow and to keep trying. I think this is a real challenge for people because we take it so personally about our performance as a lover, but you're never going to expand into new skills if you can't be willing to make mistakes. Think of it like cooking and expanding your repertoire in the kitchen. You might try a new recipe and do it the best you can and follow the instructions and then realize you just don't really like chipotle peppers and they're not for you and you've made this huge batch of chipotle beef and you're looking at it and you're like, ew, and you're never going to cook it again. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't try it. And it might be your new favorite dish, but you don't take it personally like, oh, I'm a failure and an idiot for not liking this. It's just something you tried and didn't like. And when you're experimenting with all of these different erotic energies, you might surprise yourself and find some new favorites that light your sex life on fire. And you might have an experience where you're like, oh, that just didn't sit well with me. I fantasize about it. I thought it would be really hot and I just didn't like it. And that's okay. And the trick is getting specific. Is it the chipotle peppers you didn't like or the beef or the cilantro, right? Like what part of it did you not like? And then next time you cook, you might try two of the three ingredients without the third and realize that's your favorite. You get my point here. It's really about experimentation with a curious, adventurous, open mind and not taking these things so personally and as a sign of failure if you don't like something. Just chalk it up to experimentation, be like, we never have to try that again, but what would you like next time? And go back to like creating another positive experience together. Right, absolutely, because with cooking, even if you cook something that you like, but it isn't amazing, it's like, what could make that better? Right. So improving on it next time. And a piece about not enjoying a particular experience and picking out the qualities that you don't like most people I think will enjoy a spanking, like the physical experience of spanking, but there are so many different erotic energies to play with. You may find that that particular erotic energy didn't totally work for you. So if you shift it from dominant to really loving, maybe that would feel like a totally different experience. So it is also important not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but just such a weird phrase. The beef out with the chipotle. <laughs> We're in metaphor town, people. Right. And that's where it takes a presence and a paying attention to get specific and be like, you know, it was really hot when you were pushing me up against the wall and pulling my hair. But when you started calling me dirty names, I felt kind of ashamed and I didn't know I would feel that way. I thought it would be really hot, but it just actually kind of took away from my turn on. And that's great information for your lover because like 90% of what they were doing was great. And next time they can call you you know, hot and delicious instead of nasty slut and you'll be good to go, right? Like it's those little tweaks that can make a huge difference, but you have to be mature enough and honest enough with each other 
to name specifically your experience. And if you were just like, oh, that sucked. I can't deal with it. It was awful. Don't talk to me for five days. That's when your relationship starts to suffer because you both took a risk together. You got vulnerable together and you have to follow that through in the communication, even when things don't go as best as they can. And when they do go great, celebrate together. Be like, oh, do you remember how hot that was? And like relive it together and name your specific things that were hot for you. Like when I saw you walk into the room with that look on your face, I just melted. And it reminded me of the first time I saw you and you were so mysterious and powerful. And I just couldn't help but just want to be yours forever. Like whatever it is, talk about what worked positively and relive that again and again and again. Like three years later, talk about your hot spanking scene because that can again inform what you wanna do next time, remind you of the potential together and reinforce what's working. And I think it's so important to be grateful to one another for being willing to explore these new terrains and to be grateful for the attention that they have given you and the trust that they have that you have placed in them, you know, be thankful for these moments because there's nothing more precious one we can give each other than our full attention. And this is a place where that's what hopefully you are getting and giving. Um, so yeah. in, in, the, in the realm of celebrating with one another what worked, being grateful is also always going to be a contribution to your relationship. And then you get to start planning your next spanking game together. And maybe you want to switch roles and the person who is giving wants to explore receiving or you want to switch erotic energies and try something new or you want to do exactly what you did and what worked for you and just take it up a notch. Whatever you want to do, you get to start planning for the next time. And again, the cycle begins again. You get to start negotiating and anticipating and building up the desire for one another and then you'll go into a new spanking game and it will be like new again. And then you get to communicate afterwards and keep making it better and better. And lo and behold, your erotic experience together has expanded. And we want to remind you that this is what it's all about is enhancing the sex life you already have, building intimacy, exploring new sensations, exploring new parts of yourself as an erotic creature and growing together. And that is a really positive thing. So make sure in all of this communication to honor that and be kind to one another and respect one another's boundaries. And hopefully it will become a beautiful part of your sex life. Yeah, we hope you really enjoy this whole process together and that you both experience so much more pleasure and closeness and connection. And we have put together this entire audio series for you to explore in depth all you need to know to successfully explore erotic spanking. So make sure to listen to them all and then grab your copy of the Pleasure Mechanics Guide to Erotic Spanking where you'll learn stroke by stroke all of the skills of mastering the art of erotic spanking. And you can watch that together and start planning your spanking games and start exploring what you both are interested in. As we mentioned earlier, we have a whole nother podcast called Speaking of Sex, where we explore all topics sexual. And we encourage you to check that out. Come over to pleasuremechanics.com. You can ask us anything. We are here for you on your erotic journey of life. Yes, we want to support you in any way we can. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We're the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure 